Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. We are your hosts, Tyson Day and Daniel Lenardi. Our podcast is designed to give you fresh perspectives and educational insights to make sure you thrive in every moment. Regularly, we are joined by thought leaders, life learners, and generally amazing humans who bring an approach just like us, casual, relaxed, and curious. Dr. Casey Delmara from Mental Health Hacker is back on the show and shares some amazing insights on how to bounce back from COVID and some of the challenges many of us are facing around social obligation and social anxiety. She shares models and reflection questions to get you motoring along and back in a positive state of mind. Hope you enjoy the episode. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we recorded this podcast and pay our respects to their elders, leaders past, present and emerging. Dr. Casey Delmara, welcome back to the Arrive and Thrive podcast from Mental Health Hackers, the director herself. She's here, Dan. How are you, Case? I'm so good. Oh, guys, it's so good to be back. That's awesome. How are you going, Danny? Yeah, going good. It's beautiful to still see you in your van too, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Even during all this COVID debacle, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And There's so, got to be a certain element of resiliency in um, being able to live in a van for so long as well. Lucky you've got all those outdoor skills. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> hey, Case, we wanted to get you back on the show because I think for, um, for on a side note, one of your episode, the first episode that you did was one of our most popular ones. Um, and I think it came at a really good time helping people through the, diffi- the difficulty of COVID. But to, I suppose to add on that, and the reason why we want to get you back on was to help people bounce back from COVID. Because I know for me personally, um, you know, there's been times where it's been quite challenging to bounce back and, and be super positive. And even in January, I was just like, I can't even get my head around this year currently. So um, yeah, we're stoked to have you back. And um, can you share some of the things that you're currently working on with, um, with Mental Health Hackers? Yeah, I'm actually yeah really excited and hey to all you listeners again if you're repeat offenders. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so nice, it's so nice to be back and and to be able to share these things and um, yeah, I've I've been really busy busy and and look like everybody else, I've had um, all of the challenges that have come with being in lockdown and the COVID challenges. So I, I actually launched Mental Health Hacker last year um, right in the middle of everything and so I've had to restructure everything so um, I'm doing a relaunch at the moment and offering some amazing online programs and online immersions for um, for young people parents and also educators so yeah I am resilient is that one of the online courses and then it's for the resilient parents so and then the resilient educator and then I've got some high vibe tools and stuff going on as well and some programs around that which is exciting because one thing I really struggled with when COVID, when we went back to our, I suppose, our new COVID normal situation was this notion of social obligation. And so during lockdown, I had, you know, all this time to focus in on myself, my wife, my, my daughter, and um, life got quite simple, which was really nice. Um, and obviously not everyone's experience of lockdown was perhaps as pleasant, but from your perspective, um, and I'd love you to share with our listeners and Dan and I around, you know, dealing with some of those challenges that people may experience now around social obligation and, and you know, need to hang out to see people face to face or might be go back to the office and perhaps some of the emotions that can come with that type of experience. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a really good question, actually, Ty. And I think before we sort of get into that, it would be, like you just mentioned, it'd be great to highlight that even though we've all experienced COVID on the level of the lockdowns and the different situations that we've had, it's been very different for everybody. Everybody's had a completely different experience. You know, for some people it was really easy and, and people really loved it. They were able to go internal and spend time on, you know, on themselves and working on self-development sort of stuff, which is amazing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's been, you know, a really traumatic experience for a lot of people. And so I think, you know, recognising that there is a spectrum of what people have experienced, um, you know, and sort of understanding that uh, around tra trauma, that trauma happens to all of us, whether it's, you know, personal trauma from, you know, experiencing COVID, if it's, if it's been that on that end of the spectrum for you, you know, to things around the environment like floods and bushfires and things like that. Um, so sort of, I, I suppose, yeah, checking in with what the experience has been for you is, is a good place to start. And, um, and also checking in with ourselves, I think, around how traumatic has it been for you, you know, is, so trauma, I suppose, is, um, if we think about it, is anything that sort of triggers our nervous system and then it affects our daily functioning. So if you start to observe, you know, how your daily functioning is going, you know, how have you been affected by that? Have you experienced any trauma by that? And so looking at that first would be a good start. You know, if you haven't, you can still really grow from this experience. Um, but, you know, if you have, the positive thing is, is that you can still grow and change from that experience. And, you know, I think we hear all, all the time around um, when trauma happens, we, we hear that um, PTSD, you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, I'd, I'd invite your listeners to sort of be able to look at it in a different way and look at it as post-traumatic growth and be able to use this potential traumatic experience or hardship as, as a way to grow. Um, so, yeah, having that in a nutshell first, I think, to have some insight um, is really important. And then we can sort of go back into some of the social obligations now, now moving forward. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Because I think it's about... Um, just, I suppose, developing that depth of self-awareness first before you can adapt to any change, essentially. Yeah, totally. And look, the first step to any sort of change and transformation is awareness because if we're not aware of what's going on currently, you know, it's hard to even make a plan to move forward with it and, and go through that transformation. But what your question was was around social anxiety and, and social obligation um, as such. And so... Yeah, I suppose, you know, there's there's lots of changes that people have experienced and then moving from lockdown into, oh, we're open back up again. I think probably the key point is, is having a look at, um, you know, how you actually really want to spend your time, you know, what you want to do with your time and being in charge of that, you know, taking ownership of that rather than feeling obliged to, um, to say yes all the time to things, you know, having some boundaries around that of, you know, if you don't feel like it or if you don't want to catch up with those certain people, then, you know, having that power to say, no, it's not the right time. It's not never, but just now is not the right time. I think that's quite empowering too, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think time is this really 
you know, essential uh, element to that to happiness and success that to, to moving forward to going beyond this point of COVID and, and bouncing back. And, you know, if we really look at the three key elements to focusing on what develops our happiness and success moving forward it is how we manage our time it's how we manage our energy and it's how we manage our mindset so those three simple things and if you look at those um, elements you can really break things down and, and chunk it into bite-sized pieces so it's more achievable so if you look at you know time as one of those factors of happiness is and social obligation is like how do you really want to spend your time do you want to spend time with those people? Are they lifting you up? Are they making you feel good or are they dragging you down? You know, um, what is it that you want to achieve and as you move forward as well? So, you know, the other thing is, is that we know that, um, you know, we are the product of the five people that we spend the most time with. So if we're spending time with, you know, people that are bringing us down, then it's really difficult for us to to break out of that environment because we know that the environment is stronger than willpower um, long term. So, yeah, so I think, yeah, time is that essential thing in, within the social obligation. So looking at how you want to spend your time and then having that ability and that, I suppose, empowerment within yourself to say no and and put yourself first. And there's, there's almost like naturally going to be a teething period, isn't there, of going back to normal life. And I sometimes think, and you hear people say around like, drop what you don't need anymore, like that post-traumatic growth mindset, if you're using that from COVID and what you've learnt individually and as a collective, it's then saying, well, during COVID, I learnt that I actually need an hour or two of self-care a day whether that's reading or walking or meditating so they're now moving forward even though we go back to a busier life out of lockdown mm. you, you've got to then adapt with that don't you and not just go back to the old you because yeah and, and i think that's um such a good point dan because it's it's really easy to slip back into our old patterns and old habits and if you are one of those people on the end of the spectrum that really had um had some growth around this experience, then yeah, use it to your advantage. Really utilize that time element that you've got control of and what you ended up learning about yourself and the things that really worked for you to put that back into your current calendar or daily routine and keep that as a priority because it is so important because those things that you just mentioned for the self-care is what elevates our energy and elevates our mindset and that's eventually you know what helps us to be happy and successful so it's it's a really simple pathway we break it down have you got some insights around because i really like that notion that you referred to around the environment around you know we know the environment's stronger than than willpower over time yeah have you got some insights around you know, creating a supportive environment for, for you to be able to achieve your vision? Because I think sometimes it can be quite challenging because we can sometimes feel our environment is external um, or beyond our control in, in some regards. Um, yeah, totally. Any insights um, on that one? Can I add yeah. something to this? Because I've got to really, like, I always have this personal experience of, like, you know, say I'm like, all right, I really want to cut back on drinking or cut back on eating bad food, but then as soon as it's in a social environment, I kind of love it so much that I'm like, well, I want to have a couple of beers with friends. And like, I love that. But then it's like, shit, is my willpower so weak that I can't just say no? Mm. 
I love that, Dan, because I think that everybody goes goes through that. You know, it's balance. You know, it's learning the balance of life. It's um, it's a huge thing because it's sometimes people are all in one way or the other, and it's really finding the balance and what works for you. But I suppose, yeah, talking about environment, Ty, your question. Let me ask you guys a question. Um, do you believe that your external environment or external world um, needs to change in order for you to change? Oh, I'm happy to start, Ty. <laughs> I think you're excited though because you just unmuted. But <laughs> I, I'm really big on trying to control my environment, say my home. Like if my home's messy and everything's all out of place, I really struggle. So like I really, if you, I think environment that way, say I had a backyard or a garden, which I don't, to me, that would have to be all up and running and in order for me then to feel good internally or it helps. It helps me feel better internally. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that. So you're relating the external environment as, as physical objects and things around you. Yeah. And if yeah. I'm always in shitty environments, I, yeah, struggle a little bit. Like I love being in nice places. Yeah, I, I, also, I agree with you. I know exactly how that feels in terms of clutter <laughs> and, yeah. and things, you know, that, that's expressive of that. What, what do you think, Ty? Does, do you believe that, you know, external world or circumstances, you know, even such as COVID, um, then are needed for us to change or feel a certain way? Um, I, I, th- I think it helps. I don't think it's the sole piece. Um, like I know if it's not there, it's more of an internal wrestle for me. Um, cause I, I like to think I probably sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet here a bit, but I, I like to think I'm quite, um, what's the right, I don't even know the right term, but like quite set in my ways up upstairs in my mental capacity. So like, I, I feel like whatever, external things are going on i'm very good at just going oh it's water off a duck's back like it's it is what it is type thing i i don't Mm -hmm. i'm not going to let that i choose to not let that predict my mood i love that so you you're what you're really talking about then is your internal environment you're you're focusing on your internal environment and not letting the external environment control you know your feelings or emotions or thought processes um based on what's going on externally is that what you mean yeah, and, and granted, there's times where that that can't be that can't be done. Um, but but I think, yeah, for majority of the time, I, I like to think that's that's the zone I'm I'm in. Totally, and I love that. And I think it's really hard to get out of this notion of um, cause and effect rather than causing the effect. So you know, when we talk about environment. Um, it's really easy to get caught up in the external things that are happening around us. And so and by that, I mean, you know, things that we can't control, family, weather, other people's responses and behaviours, um, the COVID stuff, those external things that are happening to us. Because a lot of the time we can, like, external things happen and then it, and that's the, that's the cause and then the effect is that we feel a certain way. So that's cause and effect. It's a direct cause and effect from external to internal. But if we can flip it and actually change that perspective and, and focus on our internal environment, which is what you were saying, Ty, and focusing on, and, and by internal I mean thoughts and feelings and, you know, controlling the things that you can control. By flipping it, then you're not um, responding to 
you know, what's happen, happening externally to create your own well-being and happiness. You're focusing on what you can control. And so by doing that, we focus, we can move from cause and effect to you causing an effect. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So just by thinking a certain way and going through that process, like you said, having that growth mindset and being really strong in that sense, then you can shift from being a, I suppose, yeah, a victim of external environment to rather being in control and, and making your internal environment control what's happening externally. Mm. And it's actually quite exciting when you go through that process because it's a whole bunch of like manifesting and um, really exciting goal setting stuff that you can go from there. But if you start to believe that you're, you're the one in control, um, yeah, it can be quite empowering. Mm. Mm. Ty, can you give our listeners like some tips and even me around how you developed that? <laughs> um, that's a really good question. I think it was something that I was quite fortunate to have um, and something that was presented to me very early on in my life. So I was very fortunate that I had, um, I suppose, my family environment that kind of agreed to that notion of like you, you, you have the choice to, to kind of decide on what or how you see this situation and how that makes you feel. Um, and I was very, very um, lucky to, to, you know, develop strategies and, and, and understanding to, to develop, to, to a take on strategies early on too, like the notion of, you know, flip it. Um, and, you know, um, my old man would like create these, like he had these characters that um, he used to run in his own workshops and would say, come home and teach me them and just be like, um, there was this one called neg pause, which was always do the negative things first, then the positive. Um, it's like the hard things first, then enjoy yourself and the other things. So I think just little things like that, um, I was very exposed to as a young person. Um, and I feel like quite fortunate to, to have that type of experience because I think it's just manifested even further into my adult life where my poor wife, I'm always like, you know, what's the reframe? What's the positive out of this situation? <laughs> She's like, now's not the time to, I, I don't feel like doing that. And, and that's something that I probably need to work on is going, you know, sometimes there's not, it's, it's, it's okay to sit in a particular state or it's okay to feel angry or feel upset. Um, you don't have to move into a positive mindset straight away. Cause I think sometimes you can miss important things, but yeah, dude, I think in, as far as tips for listeners and I think it's just kind of trying to take that bird's eye view of things. Like we, it's very difficult to make a decision or to be able to reflect when you, when you're driving down the freeway in the first person view, it's, it's better to, to kind of try and allow yourself time to observe, put yourself in the other person's perspective, try and take a bird's eye view of things and, and go, okay, well, is this perhaps, is there another way I can handle this? I'm not sure if that made sense, but do you guys see what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally, Ty. And, and actually you brought up something that I think is really important to touch on at this point of the importance of sitting in emotion even if it doesn't feel good. And you just brought that up of, um, you know, it's, it's great to always have a positive mindset, but it's not realistic and it's not realistic to be happy all the time. And, and we, we're constantly striving these days to get this instant gratification and instant sort of happiness fix. And what can happen if we, if we start to go down that path is that we start to crave things that make us feel good all of the time and we're not actually listening to our emotions 
which are signals to us. They are the best signals to us, which is what's going on within our body and our mind. And, yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel good to sit in that state, but realistically we need to sit in that state, even if it's for a little while for us to pass through that. Um, because what ends up happening is if we bottle it up, and by bottling it up can just be going the switch of like, oh, just think positive, that can also be a bottle it up because you're not actually dealing with what's causing the issue or causing the emotion. Um, as soon as you start to suppress that and if you suppress that more and more and only think positive and you're not actually dealing with what's going on, that's can, what can lead to depression and severe anxiety and things like that. So I really love that, you know, that you brought that up. There's... It's great to think positive and flip it like we just said and use those coping skills when we're in a negative mindset and things like that. But it's also really important to recognise that um, if you're feeling really shitty and, and you, you, know, you don't want to move into that mindset, it's probably for a reason that you need to experience so that you can let it go out of your body and move on. That's a good point, Case, because I think uh, just hearing you say this on my own personal reflection with some of the challenges that I faced in the last like 24 months, I think there's been times where because my nature is so quick to reframe something or to be positive, I still feel like there's perhaps uh, an emotion or even grief or um, frustration still lying there deep somewhere at around like 20% or 30%. And I don't know when it'll come up Um, and I know it will, but it, yeah, it's a good point. Like I think, leaning into those emotions is a really important facet yeah it's so hard to do hey like none Mm. of us want to feel like rubbish none of us want to feel those you know hard and hard emotions where even if you know whatever it might be whether it's guilt and shame and fear and you know all those low level vibrational emotions we don't want to feel like that but also we can get stuck in that state too which is why it's important to move out of that which i can talk about um moving forward but yeah it's it's really important to to recognize we do have the power to make the decision of how long we stay in that state for so we don't get caught up in it so that becomes a looping pattern and then we're just stuck in this state because that's when things manifest and and get stronger and bigger but by sitting in that state and being in that state um you're actually able to let the emotions pass through you in your body sense and what I mean by that is sometimes like you just said you know you're 20 30 percent of your emotions that might be anger or frustration or whatever they're sitting in your body right now Ty and they'll be bubbling up at some stage they're going to come out this is what happens oh no um, you know, <laughs> oh it's about to be a chicken time bomb <laughs> <laughs> but um but no i mean this um you know in in the best possible way that you know if we don't allow those emotions to pass through us what they can do is get stuck in our body and i don't want to say that to uh, scare anybody but what they can do is they they can start to form either psychological diseases disorders illnesses but also physical um disorders and illnesses and things like that when we keep suppressing and suppressing and suppressing because they need to go somewhere and so it's really important to learn the tools of how to basically let the emotions move through you and so for different people it's different things so for some people um you know it might be yelling and screaming and um 
punching a pillow or screaming into a pillow. It's a really good technique of a release if you around someone of just like letting it, the anger out instantly. Um, if that, if it's just a feeling of like ickiness, you know, you can dance it out or go like maybe, you know, some guys that I work with, they, they go and use a punching bag at the gym, you know, it might need to be a physical release as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a scream or moving your body, but it, it's a physical release within your body to let the emotion go. Um, and, and another tool is, is journaling. Journaling is a great one to get emotion, stuck emotions out too. So that might help. Casey, is part of that when you're passing through the emotions, is part of that, because you said it, it's good to be time bound. So I was thinking in my head then, okay, you're a bit angry. No point staying angry all night. How about I have some dinner? I'll be angry six to seven. And then at seven o'clock, I'm going to let it go. Is part of that the acceptance piece because you're accepting mm-hmm. that emotion? Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. What, what you're doing, what, what you just explained is you're giving yourself permission. So it's saying, hey, Dan, I don't want you to keep this mode or, um, yeah, it, there's different, I suppose there's different states to be in. So when, when we start to look at it, there's a feeling and then there's a mood and then there's a state. Like you go through these things where, you know, you, ha- you can have, you have an instant feeling where, you know, something might happen that triggers anger. Um, you know, let's say you had a fight with your partner or you lost your job or something that's triggering an anger, anger type of response or you had a fight with somebody. Um, there's an there's a instant like I'm angry and then there's a mood and that might be staying in it for like a couple of hours to a couple of days. And then if you let that continue on and you let that whatever the trigger was control then your state of being, then, you know, that can end up being your life so some people you'll know like a traumatic experience will happen and you think oh why are they like that and and they're like that because certain things happened and they've allowed themselves to stay in that state of being for that whole time they haven't taken control of of them doing that so what you just said is that you know you you're giving yourself permission to feel like that in a certain way and then move on that's great in i idealistically but that's Mm. really not how it works it needs to be a feeling based thing not a you can definitely approach it with mindset but if the mindset doesn't feel the same thing as the body it's good you're gonna butt heads you know that's cognitive dissonance so Mm. what we what we would suggest that you do then is say okay well I'm, i'm giving myself the next hour to release this emotion and you can actually sit with your body it's really interesting to go through this process because it's a um, intuitive thing and really listening to yourself at that point you can close your eyes and just ask yourself what do i need right now and the first thing that comes up will be whatever you need and whatever comes up it might be going dancing it might be you know punching something i'm, I'm talking not a person <laughs> you know punching bag or something but um you know it whatever the release might be um it might be solo time it might be whatever whatever it might be and allow yourself to do that in that time and then at the end of that time you can ask yourself have am i you know is this enough for me do i need anything else you know mm. close your eyes check in with yourself again your gut will tell you, your intuition will tell you, first thing that comes up, no, I need to release this more. And it's okay to stay in that state if you still need to release stuff. But most of the time, it'll be like, yep, I've listened, I've taken the action, and then I can move on. Yeah, yeah. And like on, on a micro level, it's like you get a parking ticket, you might be angry for a short amount of time, but then 
sometimes that can keep you angry for like a day. Totally. Getting out of bed, getting out of bed in the morning is one of those things that like, you know, we all hear it. Did you get out of bed on the wrong side? You know, this, this morning or something. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's true. Like, and it's a, it's a mindset thing that you can shift and on a micro level, it's great that you can do that, but bigger stuff. Yeah. That's a great way to check in. Yeah, and I've got one more follow-up question. So Ty's got um, emotions buried deep within. <laughs> you know, when, when you come time to... Time bomb. Yeah, time bomb Ty. Stay out of my way. <laughs> time bomb Ty. When you come to this sort of example that he's talking about, what are some tips you got for our listeners around if they feel like, oh, maybe I'm in that same position? How do you go back and do like a delayed emotional passing? Or, a, yeah, like a... Yeah, like how could Ty go mm. back, you know, from something from maybe a year ago or six months ago and then process that now? Oh, totally. That, you know, that's actually a really good question, Dan, because that taps into a lot of stuck emotions that people feel. So things may have happened in people's childhoods, you know, a long time ago and they might still be stuck. And we don't need, you know, to go and have talk therapy. And when, when I say talk therapy, I mean psychologists and counsellors, which... I adore and I love that process. I'm not, I, I think they're an amazing resource and a lot of people um, really benefit from that. But you don't necessarily need to delve back in your past to release emotions. So, yeah, you can go through a process, which is what I take most of my clients through if there's something stuck um, and it's an envisioning process and it's checking back in with, you know, what's showing up. So it's an active meditation type of process where you have a, a journal uh, involved and you ask a specific question around something you tap back into that and then there'll be something that will show up um, within your memories or your mind a feeling base you journal about that and you go through this process of journaling reflecting journaling reflecting so it's an active meditation process and basically you go through that um, while you're checking in with yourself so it's you know an internal check-in now, some people find that difficult if they're not really connected with themselves and they need a mentor or something like that. Um, but if you are, you know, able, and even just give it a try because it's, you know, it's not going to hurt. But, yeah, that's what I would suggest is, you know, um, going through some of the questions might be, um, you know, what's really bothering my, me right now um, or what's the main thing that I keep thinking about or... Um, yeah, if I could if I could change something in my world right now, what would it be? And so they're kind of open questions for things to come up. But if you're not in a state where you're connected to your, I call it inner vision instead of intention, but basically your gut, you know, it's, it's got all the answers. You've got the answers inside you, you know. So if you're not connected to that, your logical mind will take over and then you'll think, oh, you know, I've got to feed my baby at five o'clock or um, I've got to, you know, Ty, that's, that was you. Um, <laughs> so I've got to go to the gym or I don't know, I've got to go to work or I've got to send this email and whatever. And so your priorities will start to lie in um, what's going on currently in your logical mind. But if you can go into a meditation process before asking those questions, um, it'll help you to tap into that, you know, the instinct being a vision suicide. It makes me think, I love the way you've illustrated that. And it makes me think of like, you know, when you go in the outdoors or into nature or you go traveling, 
it gives you that chance to like almost get into that more meditative state. And then you seem to always get answers so much easier for yourself, don't you? Oh, hundred percent. And you know, uh, if you really think about it, the quality of our lives is really based upon the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves daily. Um, and I got that from Dr. John Martini. He's amazing. Um, but, you know, he says that, I'm, I'm not sure if that's his exact quote, but it really, that was years ago that I heard that from him, one of my mentors, and and it, it just set this thing in process. If, if you don't ask yourself questions and reflect and go through this process of reflection, intention setting, reflection, intention setting, it's very difficult to move out of the state that you're currently in. Mm, and hence evolve. Exactly, yeah. Mm, Self-actualise. Exactly. Yes. Put on Dan. Hey, okay, so I've just got a question around because um, I love that question that you said earlier around you know what do I need right now in this moment? I, I'm curious to know like I've done this in the past and I'm sure many listeners have done this in the past too, where you go okay what do I need in this particular moment? Right, I need to calm down. I'm going to grab a beer or something, or I'm going to grab um, you know a chocolate bar or whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable. Um, like how do we sometimes break that loop? Because I know it's people are always like, you know, go to something that's positive, like go exercising. Like, well, I went to the gym this morning. I don't want to do that. Um, you know, go meditate. It's like, I don't, I don't feel like meditating right now. And meditating, I think is one of those things like you can't command, like I, in my opinion, you can't command to meditate. Like it's just <laughs> what you're saying. Like a feeling. Yeah. 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 Totally. Look, this is, this, I mean, this is a thing that, um, comes back to things about motivation and and wanting to do things like for me and, and maybe I'm gonna talk out of line here compared to what you guys do but I think motivation is proper shit um it, you're never gonna feel like it no one ever feels like it we're not our brain is not wired to feel like it it only ever feels like it if once we've started and we're on a roll and we've got those um you know chemicals running throughout in our body you know we have all intentions i'm sure we've all done this before where we you know we'll go to bed the night before and be like yeah right i'm gonna get up in the morning i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna be motivated i'm gonna whatever and then the morning comes and we're still sleeping in bed or whatever the process might be um and it's really difficult to get motivated and that's because motivation motivation is legitimately a crock and the reason why i say that is to actually empower your listeners to say hey um you don't need motivation to start because you're never going to feel like no one's ever going to feel like it. That's legitimately, that's not how our brands are wired. Um, so I think, you know, what, what you were asking Ty is one of the things I always say with my clients is, okay, when you ask yourself a question of what do I need and something comes up, then the follow-up question would be um, what to the answer um, whatever the answer is, uh, does it love me back? So what do I love, but does it love me back? And so if the answer is no, then you need to ask the question again and you keep going through that process. So, for example, going and having a beer, if that's the thing, if you say, well, you know, I love doing that and I want to do that and my body's saying, yeah, I don't want to do that, but does it love me back? Like, oh, doesn't really. So that might be, a, okay, well, I'm going to ask again. You know, and it's just go through that process. It doesn't love me back. And it, you might get to whatever it is. And uh, until you get to the point is it doesn't love me back, is it good for me as well as, you know, good for how I want to express myself, then you can keep going into it. 
And Case, that's awesome. Does that tie into like also then your values and what your goals are? Because EG, Ty's vision might be that he only wants to drink on the weekend and he's got a certain value piece around that. So then does the beer love him back? It's like, well, it doesn't really align to what he wants to do. So it doesn't love him. Whereas someone else might be like, nah, I really, I don't mind having a couple of wine, a wine with dinner. So yeah, I am going to have that wine. Does it love him back? Does it align to my values so it's kind of circumstantial for each different person well absolutely um you know is everything's going to be different for different people um what i would suggest your listeners to do in if they're having trouble with this is to do like a tea ledger if you, do you guys know what a tea ledger is it's just like a mm-hmm. um you basically draw a line down the middle of the page and a line at the top to make a tea right does that make sense so you've got yeah. you know two yeah. columns side by side and on one side you're going to write down all the things that you love to do that are like high vibe things that make you feel really good. You know, what are those things that you love to do? So Dan, what what might be something that you love to do? Swimming, yoga, meditating, hanging out with friends and family. Great. So, drive. <laughs> so all of those things are things that would love you back as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's another column that's things that I love to do that love me back. And so that I suppose, so they'd be in the love your back column because they're really amazing things, but I'm guessing that there's other things that you'd love to do that are not things that necessarily love you back. Correct. And that's fine, but those things need to be, um, or not need to be up to you obviously, because there's no should or need to or whatever. It's up to you and how you decide to do things. But if you come up with things on that list that are maybe not so great for you but you still love, don't cut them out of your life completely. I'm not saying like, you know, no alcohol, no this, no that. It's just not realistic and it's that's no fun for everybody. Uh, it's, you know, do those things as a sometimes thing, as a sometimes food, as a sometimes whatever. Still have them in your life as a sometimes hang out people or whatever they might be that are not so great for you, but they make you feel good. But most of the time you're doing the list that things that love you, that love you back. That's the things that you want to focus on. Cause you don't, the problem is, is that when we go into a, a change or a transformational process, no one sticks with it if they don't like it. Like, mm. No one's going to stick with the gym if they don't like doing it. So why bother? right because it's only going to be for a short period of time it's not a lifestyle change it's not a a change it might be for a small period of time but it's not going to work right so if we focus on what do i actually love doing like do like how do i like to exercise how do i like to move my body what makes me feel good but also i really i really love it and my you know my body loves it too and then that way it doesn't feel like a chore it doesn't feel like you're going out of your way to oh my god i have to go to the gym again at five o'clock in the morning before work like it's it just it's not sustainable yeah i love that i love that um analogy yeah it's really good case really really good i've got one more question unless you've got something ty nah go buddy motivation's a crock of shit what about (laughs) what about inspiration and what's the difference Mm -hmm. Good question. Uh, very great question, Dan. I think there's two things with inspiration. There's internal inspiration and external inspiration or motivation because there's like one of the two that kind of cross over. The reason why I think motivation is a crock of shit is because I 
want people to recognize that there's a difference between um, feeling motivated to take action and then taking action before you're motivated. So, because we're not, we're not ever going to feel motivated, especially when we're going through a really difficult time. If you look back on, and, and this goes out to the listeners as well, like I ask you this too and, and you guys, look back on the times where you were motivated. When was it? What was it that was triggering you? Was it something that you, was it once you've started that you're like on a roll and you're like, yeah, I want to keep going with this. It's amazing. And you keep that motivation going. You know, um, what what is it that's triggering you? Because I think if you break down what motivation and inspiration is and get to the core of it, you need to really look at what your why is. And that's going back to really going deep within what is your purpose, what's your goal setting and, and how to map that out. Um, and and then we've spoken about this before, Dan, about, um, you know, when I interviewed you around life design and career design, you know, mapping things out and figuring out a purpose. And I think that's super important to be able to, one, have inspiration or motivation to do something is actually figuring out what your purpose is. Like, have you guys heard of the Ikigai? Yeah. The Japanese, you know, reason for, for being. Yeah. And the reason why I love that is because, you know, people in Japan, they all have an Ikigai. They all have a reason for being. They understand what it is and it doesn't need to be this like big grandiose thing. It could be being a parent is my ikigai. That's my reason for being is being the sole carer of a beautiful soul and a soul educator and, you know, lover and all of that of a beautiful little soul. It could be like you, Dan, where, you know, your reason for being is helping people find out what their reason for being is, you know, what their purpose is in life with career direction and things like that. So we all have something different. But when we can figure out our purpose, then we don't need motivation or inspiration because then we have a why. And it mm. clearly comes from something that's bigger than us. And that's really what it's about. It's about purpose and figuring out what that is for you. Mm. You're making me think as well, like around the impact piece, because I notice with a lot of young people now um, that are looking at career development, they're kind of, they want to have an impact and they want to align themselves to a purpose. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, it's that piece that it's inspirational almost naturally because it's bigger than you. Totally. And I think, I mean, something that comes into that is passion. Like what really drives you? What, I mean, what makes you happy? What's like, I love the question, you know, if you were given a million dollars to um, give to any um, you know, corporation or project or development or whatever, whatever it might be, um, you know, um, any sort of, yeah, any sort of impact sort of driven thing that you could do, you know, what what would you give money to? Like what would be, um, the, like, well, I mean, do you guys know the answer to that question? It's really I'm, loving, I'm loving this question. My juices are flowing. <laughs> Honestly, that is such a good way to think of it because I'm passionate about a few different like causes. Education for the underprivileged would be one. Environment would be one. But if I only had a million and I had to go somewhere, that really yeah. would have to go deep now. Right, right. Yeah. So where would it go? Like you've got this money and then you're going to contribute to one cause. What's the mm. cause going to be? Mm, holy shit. I'd, yeah, probably right? go, I'd, probably, I'd probably go towards human trafficking. 
okay so that's where so then you know then your purpose starts to be bigger than you and then you start to drive towards that and so you might take steps and actions by stacking it in your life and your goal setting or your career design to get to where you want to be you know i think um yeah i I suppose a a thing to go back on here dan is we, we spoke about stacking it in the episode that we did um recently but um you know stacking it is such a great coping skill because what it does is it breaks down the skills of where you want to achieve in your life design or your life map and it asks you it's like okay what are the skills or the knowledge that i need to go to get to where i need to be so you skill stack or you knowledge stack as you go so it's different to chunking it because chunking it is breaking it down and making it smaller pieces stacking it is stacking it on top of each other and saying okay well i need to start here for example doing an undergraduate degree mm-hmm. and then i need to you know um learn some you know um i suppose public speaking skills to be able to run a podcast to be able to do this and this and this and this to get to where i want to be so your skill stacking now you can do that with your purpose stuff too so let's say like what really drives you is this human trafficking now that's massive Mm. right like it's like that's so overwhelming that someone might go okay i can't do that but how can you stack stack something where you contribute to get to that point Mm. And you know what illustrates your point even better? Like I don't do anything in this space. You know, I just watched a doco about a year and a half ago or a year ago and it sort of just really struck a chord with me. And I just thought, I thought of that then on off, on the spot. But I guess you're right because maybe I can't do something massive straight away, obviously, but maybe it's a smaller thing that you can work towards. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, it's a really great question to pose around the $1 million thing, but also... And, and this is why I said, do you guys know the Ikigai? Because that's the process I've got for Discover Your Purpose. It's a free playbook on my website. But you guys, one of the questions is around that. And, and you might just like to put down not only the human trafficking part, but you said environmental stuff is an impact. And so what you start to see is the things that matter to you most, but they're the, they're the drivers. That's the inspiration. You don't need inspiration from something else when that drives you. You know, you don't need the motivation when that's your passion and that really affects you to your core. Mm. You don't need motivation or external stuff because it's internal. It's like, I want to do something about that. Mm. Fine. I've got one more question. How do you get the inspiration to do that process to get the why? Mm. Do you know Simon Sinek? Yeah. Yeah, check out Discover Your Why. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it's a whole big process. I mean, I could honestly do a whole another podcast on that um, of discovering your why and going into the deeper process of that because it's a difficult process, and that's yeah. what I worked with my clients on. Yeah, um, it's it's massive. It's but start small, break it down, go through the process, ask the right questions because we know, as I said before, quality of our life is based on the quality of the questions we ask ourselves daily. So ask these really important questions and you'll start to navigate and get a picture of where you want to move to. You've been the finest tonight, Case. You really have. (laughs) I reckon we're going to need to do part two. (laughs) I I feel like I got grilled and Ty's just sitting there relaxing. (laughs) Nah, dude, I got grilled at the start with my 20%, 30% emotion still in my body. You self-confessed that. Picking time bomb, Ty. (laughs) Hey, Case, from um, 
your perspective, what, um, what are some cool like books or resources um, aside from, from your stuff? Cause we'll jump into that just in a second, but is there anything else that you, you feel like is, is relevant for our listeners bouncing out of COVID at this point? It's a good question, Tyrant, apart from my resources. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, Mal Robbins, Five Second Rule, if you're struggling to make the action happen, so if you've got like a thought about, oh, I really want to start doing this, I really want to start, you know, working out in the morning or getting up earlier or whatever it might be where that first instinct happens and you're struggling to make it happen, I would say Mal Robbins, Five Second Rule. Cool. I need that. Yeah. It's, have, you, have you read it? No, I haven't, but it just oh. feels like a gap because I, I think I know what it's going to be about and I feel like I need that. Cause... It's a game changer because mm. there's so much science behind it, you know, and, mm. um, you know, it's the stuff that I taught anyway and then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so simple. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And she, and she tells stories beautifully, so it's not a boring book, you know. So, yeah, she's really engaging. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, that would be one of them. If you want to, uh, I suppose, get dive in deep into your why and, and the purpose stuff, I would say Simon Sinek. Yep. Um, he's got some great videos and sometimes he relates it to leadership and, and bigger stuff, but it doesn't matter even if your stuff is related just to yourself. You can relate it, um, mm. you know, to, to you as well. Yep. But he, he sort of explains that really well you can just google him and you don't need to go and buy anything to to get resources and actually he's got some amazing resources and tools on his website for free mm. hey yeah. case just on resources can you can you tell us about your the daily dose day book um yeah and the the kindling piece that you're doing with light, light the fire within yeah totally so um, so the Daily Dose Day book is a, um, it's a journal, but it's a three-in-one book. So I, de- I designed it because I felt like, um, you know, there's, you have these typical journals that are just like either blank pages or they ask us these questions that, you know, aren't really related to uh, our growth or our struggles. So I created this journal basically that, um, yeah, that's all designed. It's all based on science-backed research, but it asks those quality questions daily. So, you know, so it's got morning mindset pages and it's got evening reflection pages and a free flow pages, but um, that's sort of the daily stuff that it's got in there. But then at the start, it's, it's got all that really basic information and it's done in a beautiful way. So yeah, it's really, you know, the quickest way to, well, I feel to getting happy and inspired and focused. Like I use it every day in my morning mindset stuff and all of my clients have been yeah, testing it out over the last year and had amazing results. Yeah. Awesome. And the last part, the, the kindling, so the light the fire within. Yeah. So this is an online immersion that I'm running um, starting in April and yeah. And it's, it's based around people who really, um, yeah, want to light that fire within if they're feeling really stuck, you know, I feel the reason I called it kindling is that um, you guys would know you can't you can't just like put a log to a big uh, sorry a um a match or a lighter to a big log. Absolutely not. You know it's not going to start the fire. Like it's just like I feel like we're wanting these big grandiose things to fix us and heal us and and sort of things like that. So, but really it's about the kindling. It's about all those little pieces and those little one percenters that we do each day 
that shift us and change us and, and make us grow. So I've got this high vibe um, online immersion, which is the kindling light, the fire within. So for people who really want to shift and start to manifest the life of their dreams. Love it, Case. Well, Case, your insights, as always, have made both Dan and I have <laughs> into a deep state of reflection and no doubt our listeners as well. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How can people uh, tune into your updates personally and uh, Mental Health Hacker? Yeah, so there's two ways. You could either just um, get in touch with me via Facebook or Insta. At, so it's mental.health.hacker. Uh, or you can jump onto the website, which is mentalhealth.hacker. Sorry, mentalhealthhacker.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks Dan. so much, Case. Any last parting words, so Danny? Good. No, I think I need a beer. I need, need to go reflect. <laughs> Jenny, too, is it loving you back? That's what I'm going to ask myself when I go to the fridge. But, no, yeah, but you know what? Having one beer might love you back. But, yeah, so yeah, it might, it might. It's just not, it's not having 20 beers where you can't focus the next day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But honestly, yeah, you've really got me reflecting and thinking about lots of stuff. And I think this, the, the mental health piece is just so important in society at the moment. And I know we're definitely seeing it in the career space as well. And it's just awesome to see, you know, people shedding light with science backed research as well that can give people tools to help them, you know, progress through these issues and empower themselves to, you know, make changes and succeed and be happy. I love that, Dan. Thanks for saying that because I, I really, I really hope your listeners can, they take anything on board tonight, regardless of whatever we've said. It is just that you have the power within you to make those changes and there is hope with whatever state you're in and you can, you can make it work and you can make those changes. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Arrive and Thrive podcast, please let us know by sharing it with a connection and leaving a review. We hope that through this podcast, even more people can design a career and life that they love and are proud of. See you soon.